All right, so we're talking about prayer again. This is our last message on prayer of the summer. Here's what I want to do. I want to do this a little differently. Uh, at the beginning, I'm just going to get right into it. Raise your hand. Like you, Maybe you've grown up in church. You've been to Bible study. You've been a Christian. Even if you're not a Christian, you would probably know this is true. But you have heard that you're supposed to pray. How many of you have heard that? You're just like, yes, that's obvious. That's something that we do. Now, also... Raise your hand, and my hand is going to be up for this. I'm just going to go and tell you. If you would say, man, I think I could pray more than I do right now. Raise your hand if your hands up. Yeah, there you go. So that's me. And I think my experience has been with most Christians, most of us would say, yeah, like, I know I'm supposed to pray. That's not really complicated. I don't need to convince you of that tonight. But what a lot of us would say is, I wish I prayed more than I do. I don't really pray a ton, like maybe a little bit, maybe every now and then, but almost every Christian would say, yeah, I could pray a whole lot more than I do. And how to pray is actually pretty simple. I'm going to get to that in a little bit. But what I want to do is this. I want to give a few reasons. I want us to think about why don't we pray? What are some real reasons that we don't pray? And then I'm going to have you pick. So listen and think, which one of these is most like me? Here's the first one. I want you to pretend you're at the doctor's office, Okay. You're at the doctor's office. I hate doctor's office because I'm deathly afraid of needles. I faint. I literally passed out the last time I got a shot. I hate blood. But you're at a doctor's office. And they were to say to you, in order to live, you've got this disease. And in order to live, you've got to take a medication every single night or you'll die. Would you ever miss that medication? No. You would find a way every night. Like if you're at a friend's house, you'd have a reminder. You would say, hey, at 7 o'clock, i got to leave and i got to take this medication. I don't even care if it's needles. If I'm afraid of them, I'll deal with it. Because if it's going to save my life, I'll take it. I know that's not true. Just pretend it was. All right? We would do it, right? We would find a way to get it done because we know that we need it. And here's what's interesting. When you think about God, when you think about your relationship with Him, a lot of us don't really think about this every day. But we depend on Him for everything. We depend on Him for everything. My next breath, I can only breathe another breath if God lets me. Think about that. I can only live another day tomorrow if God allows me to live another day. Everything in my life, I depend on for God. And a lot of times, I don't even think about that. And if we got that, we would pray. When we know, man, I need God. I cannot follow Him if He doesn't help me. I can't have faith in Him if He doesn't help me. I need God. I depend on Him. If we knew that we depended on Him, we would pray. Here's another reason. I've told this story to some of you guys before, but I was playing high school football back in the day, and um, I was kind of getting sick of it because it was so much practicing, and I didn't really love playing anymore. And you play one game a week, and then you practice the other days, and it's these long practices and stuff like that. And I will never forget one day after a long workout that I almost threw up at because it was so hard, the coach looked at us and he goes, boys, if you want to play football here, you've got to live in the weight room. You got to be here in the morning. You got to be here at night. You got to break in when it's closed. You got to live in the weight room. And I was like, yeah, that doesn't sound good. I'm going to quit football. Didn't sound fun at all. Sounded terrible to me to live in the weight room. Did not sound like something that I wanted to do at all. And here's what I found is football for me at that time was more of a duty than a delight. It was something I had to do. I had to do the practices, had to do the workouts in order to get through it. But I didn't really enjoy it. It wasn't a delight to me. So I didn't do it. I think that's one reason a lot of us don't pray. Is for us, prayer is not a delight. We don't see it as something that we enjoy, that gives us joy. We see it as a duty. I have to do it. I'd rather do something else that's more fun. So that might be another reason why. And I'm going to get to that in a little bit later. Here's another thing, though. Here's another reason it could be true. Is raise your hand if you know someone at school, and you can be honest here, it's okay, that you're like, that dude's just kind of mean. 
Like, he's just kind of a mean dude. Yeah, some of you might know them. It might be you. I don't know. But you would say, I don't want to hang out with them a lot of times. Like, when I'm with them, maybe they're making fun of me. It's just not fun to be around them, right? I think a reason that some of us don't pray is actually this, is that we see God like that. Like, if we really think about God, and this is something that a lot of people deal with, and it might not be you today, but it could be eventually. One of my really good friends right now is actually struggling with this. And the idea would be this. When we realize how much we are sinners, how bad we really are, what it can do is it can make you go, man, does God even like me? Like, I know he loves me. It's, the Bible tells me that. But does he even want me to be in his presence? Think about prayer. You're talking with him. You're hanging out with him. You're in his presence like a friend. And if he doesn't like you, you might go, well, I don't want to do that. So some of you, that might be you. You have this view of God that he's mad at you, and he just wants you to be better. And if that's your view of God, you're probably not going to pray. Instead of seeing him as a loving father that delights in you. He likes you and delights in you in the gospel like an artist delights in his work. That's amazing. That's amazing. If we got that, we'd want to pray. Here's a fourth reason. Raise your hand if you know someone that's a soldier. They serve in the army. Yeah, some of you guys do. Raise your hand if you know a policeman. We've talked a lot about police officers and the awesome work they do the past few weeks in Dallas. So yeah, these guys, soldiers, police officers, they live their lives differently. Even guys that drive ambulances, guys that drive uh, fire trucks, those type of things, they have to live their life differently. They always have to be ready for something that could happen. They're on a mission. Their life is a mission. So they're living their life differently. And the same thing is true of prayer. If we're living our life on mission for God, we're living our life on His mission, we're caring about sharing the gospel and extending His kingdom to other people, then we would pray. If we were on mission, we would have to pray because we'd be praying for people that we know, friends and family members that aren't Christians. We would pray. If we're speaking to someone, we go, God, I do have to do this every week. I need you to help me talk to these people. If we were living on his mission, we would pray. Maybe a fifth reason is this. We simply just don't know how. We go, that just sounds scary to me. I don't know how to pray. So I want to go through those again. I want you to raise your hand if this applies to you. Just for a minute or two here. This is the most of the message. The end of it's pretty simple. I just want you to think through why we don't pray. Because that kind of helps us learn to pray. So here's the first thing. And I can raise my hand for all of these at different times in my life. Raise your hand if one reason you think you don't pray as much as you would like to or that you should is because if you're being honest, you don't think during the day about how much you depend on God. Raise your hand if that's you. Yeah. A lot of times we just take stuff for granted. We don't realize how much we owe God, how much we really need him. Here's the second one. Raise your hand if for you, you see prayer as something that's kind of boring. It's more of a duty than something that gives you joy. Raise your hand if that's you. You're like, I have to do this. This is going to be something I'd rather play on an Xbox or go find Pokemon or something like that. I'm not hating on Pokemon. I hope you catch every single one of them, but I'm just throwing that out there. Raise your hand if for you, if you're being honest, you go, sometimes I have this view of God that maybe he's mad at me. Maybe he's disappointed in me. Raise your hand if that's you, if you've ever felt that. So that may not be, if you felt like God at times is disappointed in you, maybe you've fallen way short. So that's a few of you. That's been me for sure at times. And that may happen one day. And you need to remember that. Raise your hand if for you, you relate to the thing about the mission. Like you go, man, when I go through my day, I'm not thinking a lot about God's mission to make disciples and share the gospel. I'm kind of thinking about my own thing. Raise your hand if that's you. Yeah, for sure. It's great to be honest. Jesus' blood covers these sins. That's why we're doing this right now. And what about the fifth one? You're just like, man, I don't know how to pray. That just sounds intimidating to me. I have no idea where to start. Raise your hand if that's you. So that's a little less for us. Cool. Here's what I want to do. With all of those things, wherever you're at tonight, real quickly, like I told you, that's the most of the message. 
helping us figure out what are some reasons we don't. I want to read you your memory verse and then the verse after it. And it's going to kind of help us. My goal tonight's really simple. That's a huge goal, so the Holy Spirit's going to have to help us. Is to move us a little bit from seeing prayer as a duty and something that we don't really need to actually starting to see it as a delight in something that we need to a loving Father that delights in us and wants us to spend time with Him as we live on His mission. That's my goal for tonight, is that you move a little bit closer. Maybe it's just one tiny step towards seeing prayer that way, and if that's the case, that's a win. So raise your hand if you did the memory verse this week. Some of y'all did, because your names were in it. This is the memory verse. This is the first part. This is what it says. Check out the screen. This is Paul writing in Philippians. This is what he says. He says, do not be anxious about anything. Does anyone know what anxious means? You don't know that? What does it mean? What'd you say? Good, kind of, but what, it's a little different than what he means. Yeah. Eager, kind of. You're eager. You're worried also. So eager, it's like, it's not necessarily a good eager. So you're right, well, it's ready, but it's kind of like, I'm nervous. So I'm worried about something. That's what it means to be anxious about something, to be worried about stuff. So raise your hand if you've ever worried about something. You've been troubled about something. Yeah. Every one of us this year has. In fact, one of the things that I'm going to tell the older group, and y'all need to go ahead and hear this, is this. There's a statistic out right now that's really, really interesting, and it's kind of crazy. This is it. The average high school student experiences the same stress levels, same anxiety levels, the same worry levels as the average psychiatric patient did in the 1950s. That's how worried people are today. People are worried. They're stressed out, they're anxious, and it could be like, oh my gosh, what's gonna happen with the president deal? How's that gonna work out? How's it gonna work with money? All these crazy shootings going on? We're worried, that's legit stuff to be thinking about. And for some of us, it might be stuff that not as big a deal as that stuff, but it's still a big deal to us. And it might be friend situations for you, it might be family situations, it might be a sports situation, it could be anything. Maybe you're changing schools, it could be anything. It could be anything. We get anxious and worried about stuff, and we definitely do the older that we get. But here's what's going I want you to think about, what are you worried about? What are you anxious about? What are you anxious about? And I'm going to show you why prayer is a delight and why we need to do it. When you're anxious, when you're worried, when you're troubled about things, even if it's you just care too much about worldly stuff that doesn't really matter, here's what we do in those moments, whether it's a legitimate concern and worry or I'm like, man, I care too much about my own sin and worldly stuff. Here's what Paul tells us to do. He says in every situation, whatever situation we're in, by prayer and petition. So if you remember my story of Bradfield, I petitioned the lunch ladies to do better food. And I got called down to the principal's office. And it was bad. But petitioning means you're asking for something. You're requesting something. So by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, means I don't just give my list to God. I'm reminding myself, what do I have to be thankful for that God's already given me? That's how I pray. And when I do that, present my request to God. So there's two options. You can worry and you can be anxious, or what can you do? You can pray. You can pray. You can either worry or you can pray. That's what we can do. It's pretty amazing when you think about this. Back to one of the reasons we don't pray. That we have a God that wants you to bother Him. How awesome is that? We have a God that wants you to bother him. So raise your hand. I want you to think about this. If you have a story, if you've got a story about a time where you're going on a trip or something, you've asked your parents, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Or you've constantly asked your parents the same question and they've said to you something like, ask me that one more time. How many of you have experienced that with your parents? Yes. Now when they're saying, ask me that one more time, they're not saying, hey man, ask me that one more time. I really enjoy that. That's not what they're saying. What are they saying? 
They're saying, if you ask me that one more time, I'm about to lose it. You know, that's what they mean. Say, don't ask me that again. God's not saying that. God is saying, you bother me all the time. The one that created the universe is telling you, I want you to bother me. I love it when you come and ask me, when you pray to me, when you talk to me. That's what separates Christianity from every other religion, is that we have a God that's not disappointed, he's not mad, he delights in you. And he wants you to come and spend time with him in prayer. It's pretty amazing. So what happens if we do that? We're about done here. This is what Paul says, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, means that so much peace and joy and courage and contentment, no matter what's going on, you can't even understand it because it comes from God himself. Okay, It will cover you. It will guard your heart. Here's what's cool. Speaking of guarding, Paul wrote this when he was in jail. Now, if he wrote this when he was laying on a bed in a palace having people feed grapes to him, saying, don't worry about anything, that wouldn't really mean a lot to me. But he's writing this from prison. So when he says, don't be anxious about anything, you can pray and the peace of God will come over you. It will guard you like these guards are guarding my jail cell. That's what he's saying. That's how powerful God's peace is. There's a better way to live, no matter what you're going through. No matter what you're going through. So this is what I want to answer real quick. How do we pray? We gave you some cool things in the newsletter, but the biggest thing is this. The best way to learn to pray is just to start praying. To talk to God like he's a friend. Tell him what's going on. Tell him what you're thinking for. Tell him what you need. Just talk to him. And once you do that, and once you read the Bible more, it'll help you pray better. But if that's not helpful, if you're like, ah, I need something to do, here's something you can do. The Lord's Prayer, it's in Matthew 6, it's also in Luke. But what you can do is this. You can take the Lord's Prayer, and this is what a guy named Martin Luther recommends we do, is take it a little bit at a time and then reword it. Put it in our own words. Apply it to what's going on in your own life. So you can take it. Take that right there. And you can just apply it to your own life. So when you say, give me my daily bread, give me what I need today, what do you need that day? You can make it personal to you. So if you need somewhere to start, I would recommend you do this. And I would really recommend something that I'm trying to do every day this week is instead of looking at my phone first thing in the morning, before I do that, first thing I do is just say a quick prayer to God. Thank Him for something. Ask Him for help. It, you will be amazed at what happens during your day if you just simply start your day by praying to Him. Just real quick. Just saying a prayer to Him real quick. You'll be amazed. If you just try that in the morning, before you do anything else, what will happen? I want to end with this thought. And then we'll be done and you guys can play a game the rest of the time. Have you ever prayed for something that's good, that's right, and God hasn't answered it? What do we do in those situations where we're praying for good things and God is not answering them? Well, here's what's really encouraging for you tonight, which is pretty cool, is this. Is that there was one terrible day when Jesus' prayer was not answered. Jesus, the man who deserved to have all of his prayers answered because he was perfect, was going up to the cross and he said to God, God, I would love to not have to do this. Take this away from me, if you will. I would love to not do it. That was his prayer. Is there another way to do this? And God said, no, 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 this is what we're going to do. This is the plan. So what Jesus said is, not my will, God. I'm going to trust you, and I'm going to go to the cross anyway. He was so nervous about the cross because he knew what it was going to be that he was sweating blood. And his prayer was turned down, though. Jesus' prayer, the one who deserved to have all his prayers answered, was turned down, was totally shut down. Why? Because of this. The gospel means this. What he did on the cross means this. He was treated as we deserve so that we can now be treated as he deserved. And this is what that means. That when you pray, Jesus' prayer was rejected in that moment so that yours can be accepted. And this is what I truly believe. Is when you pray, God's going to answer. 
He's going to answer. He might not answer it how you want it. He might not answer it how you think it should be answered. But one day we're going to get to heaven and we're going to see he answered the prayer perfectly according to his perfect wisdom. And in the meantime, as I've said to you guys a million times, the gospel does not mean you're going to get whatever you want and everything in life's going to go your way. It means you get a relationship with God and that's going to be enough no matter what you go through. No matter what you go through. And that should give you comfort and peace no matter what happens. So I hope that encourages you as it does to me to give it a shot and start praying and see what happens. Let me pray, speaking of which, and then we'll play a fun game. you got about 15 minutes. It'll be perfect, all right? Lord, we love you. We thank you for your word. And God, we thank you for your son's faithfulness and his love for us, that his prayer was rejected so that ours could be answered. And whatever happens, Lord, we know that you're working out all things for our good, and that one day we will see how you answered all of our prayers. We love your son. It's in his name we pray. Amen.